This is Jim Min's communications officer with the PSA. On the podcast this week, workers in the state's disability sector fear for their employment and entitlements as the two-year agreement of the New South Wales NDIS comes to a close. On the privatisation of the disability sector, in some of the NGOs that's coming to an end, which means that the organisations can restructure and make people redundant. Juvenile justice workers continue to request a reclassification of detainees in the interests of safety. Well, staff have been getting assaulted, they've been getting spat on, uh, faeces thrown at them, um, king hit from behind, that, that sort of stuff. So it happens all the time. Finally, a successful week in TAFE as the PSA CPSU New South Wales was successful in securing over 70 temporary employees into permanent roles, with some waiting over 15 years for this particular outcome. Being part of a union is something like you have a big brother looking after you. I've been truly believer of being part of union because I know they fight for you, they protect you on your rights. First up, New South Wales disability services provided by NGOs are leaving workers in the dark as a two-year agreement with the state government winds up. PSA Industrial Officer Graydon Welsh. On the privatisation of the disability sector, the government entered into the Enabling Act or created the Enabling Act. The PSA fought to have a transfer agreement inside the Enabling Act that allowed for an employment guarantee for carers for two years. In some of the NGOs, that's coming to an end which means that the organisations can restructure and make people redundant. Northcott are perhaps the first cab off the rack in regards to restructuring and they're targeting the team leaders, uh, saying that all team leaders, so currently there's about 86 team leaders that will be affected in Northcott, uh, are being made redundant and then Northcott are offering them similar roles or basically the same role. At a, at a greatly reduced rate of pay, around about twenty to $25,000 a year less. Uh, I don't think it will necessarily impact the disability support workers at this point in time. However, it does leave it open for Northcott to negotiate a new enterprise agreement where potentially they will go after the disability support workers' wages and conditions. Since the state government entered into these privatisation arrangements, it is feared that services provided by NGOs in the private sector are looking at ways to cut costs that would affect vital services for people living with disabilities in New South Wales. Well, the question around wages and conditions will depend on the behaviour of the employers because they see it as an opportunity to reduce wages, to break down conditions. PSA Industrial Officer Shani Chalmers. Ideally, I think government needs to be expressing to the employers that they have responsibilities, both to the workers in the sector and also people with disability who receive the services, and that the quality of the service needs to be maintained. And that means ensuring that... The quality is the quality in the workforce, people are paid properly, trained properly, uh, and that people with disability continue to get that service and that that is overseen by a good regulating body. PSA organiser Shane Elliott. You can't have quality services working in disability services with, with the continuity of care that's required if you don't have the continuity of wages and conditions to keep people incentivised into working in what can be a very difficult area. PSA organiser Tony Hay. The the PSA fought long and hard over many years to get good conditions for the people that work with most vulnerable people in our community and uh, by reducing wages they're going to dumb down professional services and there'll be a huge turnover of staff which 
also reduces the opportunity for good service provision. They're reducing positions and uh, and already putting a lot of people, employing people under the lesser award, which is um, actually already deprofessionalising and uh, reducing the quality of service provided to the most vulnerable people in our community. The fallout from last month's riot at the Frank Baxter Juvenile Detention Centre continues with juvenile justice members of the PSA holding a joint consultative committee meeting this week with the department and hoping for some outcomes that reflect the serious age disparity amongst detainees and also the safety implications for workers. PSA organiser Gino DiCandillo. But the main concern um, of this JCC is uh, the latest riot at uh, Baxter with what happened um, and the safety of staff. So... Um, in well, incomplete, I suppose, or wrong um, classifications of the detainees is part of that issue. So the department won't reclassify them in, in the, their appropriate um, classifications, I suppose, yeah. And is it age classification or is it um, uh, classifications around their sentencing? It's or? a bit of both. It's age and a lot of behavioural management stuff. So with the kids that are misbehaving all the time aren't getting classified into the right classification to be dealt with properly. So... Um, they get they get classified down more than they do up, if that makes sense. So that's yeah, a bit of the issue is the wrong classification. Then some of the, these by age, like over 18s, still mixing with you know 10 and 12 year olds, or possibility 10 or 12 year olds in those centres. What kind of a safety issue does it pose for the staff at a lot of these centres? Well, staff have been getting assaulted, they've been getting spat on, uh, feces thrown at them, um, king hit from behind. Um, hit with table legs that have been snapped off tables, that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of different varieties of assault. And, and there's, a, there's a verbal and a vicarious trauma that comes from that because they might be verbalising them as well. So threatening to take their life or their wife's lives or their families or that, that sort of stuff. So it happens all the time. There is a concerted effort within the PSA to investigate avenues where juvenile justice facilities do work in their intended outcomes to house and rehabilitate detainees. Examples of these proper outcomes do exist in New Zealand and recommendations are being prepared and submitted for review. We're hoping that the, um, the new ED, Paul O'Leary, will see the light and understand where the members are coming from. Um, he did come to our meeting today to introduce himself and it appeared that he got the gist of it, that the staff do care about the detainees that they work with, but they also care about their safety. So if we can combine both and get back on a, a level playing field, um, I think staff will be happy with that too. Yeah, I think just the, the commitment from the, the new ED that he's going to follow through with whatever he, the recommendations are. This week, the PSA CPSU New South Wales secured permanent employment for some 70-plus temporary employees employed at TAFE. CPSU New South Wales Industrial Officer Matthew Drake Brockman. This has been an ongoing issue within TAFE. For uh, years and years, as as we've discovered, temporary employment. Okay, temporary employment doesn't offer the security that we expect TAFE to give. We pressured TAFE through a process which we have in the enterprise agreement, a clause. Uh, TAFE dragged the chain. We took them to the Fair Work Commission, and now today we can stand here and say, of the 81 applicants that have made an application to be made gone from temp to permanent, uh, most of them will be made. Uh, will be set letters to be made permanent uh, over the next few weeks. So, look, it's a massive win for us. Ultimo campus librarian and PSA delegate and DC secretary Simon Gray. Well, we had a bunch of 
uh, temporary workers who have been made permanent workers. Um, that's something that actually happened to me many years ago and it's fantastic, you know, it's one of the ongoing problems with TAFE is that, you know, it, it just takes too long for that sort of thing to happen. It should just happen naturally. Former temporary TAFE employees were ecstatic at the news that gives them certainty after 16 years of service. Events and Services Coordinator Stephen Tanoni and Assistant Team Leader of the Student Administration Unit, Fee Lay. I can't thank enough for the union for fighting for me. Being with TAFE for nearly more than 15 years is quite a long journey for me. It's such, such a relief feeling and, and um, yeah, it's just such a relief. For them to be able to do that is you don't have any burden and emotional stress like sort of you have to looking at your back planning what you're gonna do next if something's fall off. Being made permanent employee it takes the uncertainty, stress and anxiety out of being temporary temp for over 16 years and as a temp you don't have the opportunities that the permanent employee enjoy. The win for the members of the union is massive because we've got approximately 81 people converted from temporary employment to permanency. CPSU New South Wales organiser Shane Jobbins. Now it's a massive win, not just for those people but for TAFE, because lots of these temporary employees have been in that situation for 12 to 16 years. They have a huge amount of corporate knowledge, they have a huge amount of knowledge about TAFE generally, and it's a win for TAFE because they'll take that knowledge and continue working with TAFE in good faith and they won't be temporary officers, they'll be permanent officers within TAFE. Now as made permanent, I really feel that I belong to the great organisation with the work that I love and I know that I can do, give a lot to TAFE and enjoy my future.